Father, I pray that you would give the increase today as I speak your word in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree with that prayer, put your hands together. Thank you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. I'm so honored to be with you today. I don't have much time, but there is something that the Lord has laid upon my heart, and I want to share it with you while I have these next few moments. And for those of you who have your Bibles or your Twitter or your tweeter, you can turn to the book of Genesis chapter 28. And I just want to read verse 10. I'm going to start at verse 10, and I'm going to read quite a bit of Scripture, but I believe that it's important that you get this message and its entirety. And the scripture reads, And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran, and he lightened upon a certain place. Somebody say a certain place. And tarried there all night because the sun was set, and he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows. And lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold the ladder was set up on the earth. And the top of it reached the heaven. And behold the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold the Lord stood above it. And said I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father. The God of Isaac. And the land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it. To, to thy, and to thy seed. I love the NIV, uh, how it translates that. He says that the land that you're laying on belongs to you. He said, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places, whether thou shalt go, and will bring thee again unto this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee. A few more passages now. Stay with me. And Jacob awakened out of his sleep and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of the Lord. And this is the gate of heaven. Hop down to verse 20. And Jacob vowed a vow. Everybody said, vow a vow. Saying, God, if you will be with me and keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God, and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give thee the tenth unto thee. I have been commissioned to speak to you this morning about being committed to the build, being committed to the process of building, being committed to the process of planting. When you are planted in a place, God has created a place for us and he desires for us to get planted there, but you cannot be built up until you are actually rooted and committed to God's plan and God's purpose and God's desires for your life. You have to tune in to the voice of heaven and find out what God is speaking for your life and the plan that he has for you in order for you to reach that mark of the high calling that he's called for your life. In this day and age, we have a problem with commitment. 
In the time that we're living in, if you don't like what you're looking, you can swipe to the left or swipe to the right. If you don't like the way that guy looks, you can swipe him away. And so, so many people are swiping their marriages away, swiping their family members away, breaking commitments left and right. The scripture teaches us that in the last days, men would be covenant breakers. They would have a problem with keeping covenant. They wouldn't, they, 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 they have a problem, they have a perplexity to just give up and let go. But how many of you know that if we are serving God, we have to be committed to the process in which God is trying to build us up? In these days, here is Jacob, and Jacob is running for his life. He, he was hated by his brother Esau because he had stolen and tricked his way into the birthright and to rob him of the blessing. So Jacob now is running for his life because he has been found to be unfaithful and uncommitted and undevoted, and he's running for his life. And many of us like Jacob, we find ourselves, once we break commitment, we are now running for our lives. And it seems like it doesn't matter what you do, no matter how you try to change things, unless you submit to God and His purpose and you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, your business will not grow, your ministry will not grow, your finances will not grow, you will not spiritually grow until you find yourself Planted and committed and submitted to God's will. So here like Jacob, Jacob is running for his life and he is afraid because his brother is out to kill him. And the Bible said something that's so powerful. When he runs all night, pastor, he comes to a certain place. Hmm. He arrives to a certain place. And this certain place that he comes to, what's amazing, what happens is, is Jacob runs to and he arrives to a certain place and he encounters something divine. The Bible said that when he ran and he arrived at the certain place, he came face to face with the rock, my God. And so many of us, we need to understand that when we are running and we are breaking commitment with God and we're choosing to not be faithful and we're choosing to not be integrous and we're choosing to not be disciplined, you will always run to the rock. No matter where you go, what's amazing is, is that he arrived at a place he did not know. And it was a certain place. It was a place of divine appointment. Like my brother said the other day, that God created places before he created people. So the place that you arrive to is more important than the people that you connect with. So God says, get to the brook, Elijah, and then I will provide for you. Get to the place that I have designated for you. And once you get there, things will begin to happen in your life. And so the challenge for us is, is to arrive at a certain place. And I believe that many of you that are here right now, you have been running from God. You have been running from God's call on your life. You have been running from God's will over your life. And somehow by the Holy Spirit, you have arrived to a certain place. And he brought you here to serve city. And now what do you do when you arrive at the certain place? Here Jacob gets to the certain place. And the Bible says that when he encountered the rock, something beautiful happened. 
When he finally made the decision to encounter the rock, the Bible says that he took that rock. He received the rock. And many of us, we are still in the place where we need to make a decision. Are we going to receive the rock of rebuke or are we going to reject the rock? And the Bible tells us what a beautiful type of Jesus. The Bible said that Jesus was a rock that the builders rejected. And so here you have an option when you have broken commitment with God, when you are trying to run from God and you're trying to run from the consequences of your failure to stay committed to God's plan and God's purpose for your life. You will encounter the rock. And the question is, what will you do when you encounter the rock of ages? What will you do when you come face to face and you have your opportunity to either receive or reject the rock of our salvation? And there the scripture says that Jacob embraced the rock and a beautiful transformation happened when he embraced the rock, when he embraced Christ, which is a type of Christ. The Bible said the rock became a pillow. So many of you are dealing with hard things because you have still not made the decision to embrace the rock. But if you can ever get to the place that God has prepared for you and you learn how to embrace the rock, then it becomes a pillow, a place of refuge, a place of peace, a place where you can lay down and rest in God's presence, in God's power, in God's authority, in God's anointing, in God's glory. So we have to get to the place when we encounter the rock of ages, we not reject the rock because of our lack of commitment, but we receive the rock and we embrace it three things happen when you encounter the rock you have the option to quit right so here Jacob could have said I quit and he tosses the rock rather than receiving the rock and so when we're faced with challenges in our life we have the option when it comes to God building us up and making us who he wants us to be and challenging us to remain faithful in a time where men are unfaithful. We have the option to either toss God's word away or embrace God's word and let his word change us from the inside out. So he embraces and when you embrace you have the option of either quitting and throwing away the rock. But here's the beautiful thing that when you first quit, when you quit, when you submit, and then when you commit. Right? When you encounter the rock, you have to first quit and then you submit to the rock and then you commit to the rock. And what happens is, is when we learn how to finally quit running from God, but rather running to God and running to God's purpose, and we quit the sin, we quit the lying, we quit the cheating, we quit the unfaithfulness, we quit the unintegrous behavior, and we get committed, we get rooted, we get planted, no matter what comes our way, we are going to be committed to God's word. Scripture tells us that he vowed a vow. After he had this encounter, he vowed a vow. We need to learn how to vow a vow to God that says, God, if you brought me to this place, you provided for me. I found a job. This is a place where God is blessing me. This is a place where God's anointing is. This is a place where I can experience God's glory and my family can be blessed and I can grow and I can flourish. You need to vow a vow. Vow a vow. 
Even though it's hard in this day and age and we want to turn the channel when somebody offends us and walk away when we don't like something. But we've got to have a heart like David that said, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. Where is the spirit of David that says, I would rather be God, an usher in your house, than to dwell in the house of the wicked? Let us not forget the taste of Egypt. Never forget the taste of the beans in your mouth. The children of Israel, when they exited Egypt, they forgot about the taste of Egypt. They said it was better for us in Egypt eating the beans of slavery. The beans of bondage. Do not forget where God has brought you from. Do not get complacent with the unfamiliar. Do not get complacent with the uncommon. God is so powerful and amazing and awesome. And it is wonderful what he's doing here. And we must not get complacent that we are called to continue the works of Christ. We are chosen by God. Many are called, but you are here as the chosen today. Conduct yourself accordingly. Conduct yourself accordingly. Many of us, we want in this microwave, 21st, skinny leg, gene preaching church. I'm working on it. We want to arrive to being a prophet. We want to arrive at the final destination without going through the journey. Right? We want to stand up on the pulpit and preach and look cute, but not understanding that there is a high level of sacrifice that comes with preaching God's Word. There is a high level of sacrifice that comes with being an usher with an anointing. You can be a doorkeeper in God's house with no touch on your life. But when you're a doorkeeper in God's house and you've got an anointing and a fire shut up in your bones, when you shake the hand of the visitor, the power of God breaks up that strong ground. Help me, Holy Ghost. I can remember being an usher in my church when I was there with Pastor Jensen Franklin. I served there for many years as an usher. And I was still traveling and preaching around the world to the glory of God, casting out demons, laying hands on the sick, seeing miracles. But when I came back to my church, I came and served as an usher. Because that's the secret to the power. As God takes you higher, you need to be finding yourself lower and lower and lower. I love the name of the church, Serve City. We are called to be servants of God's word and servants of God's people. Let us get out of this spirit of pride that wants to be the man all the time, that wants to be the head woman in charge all the time. We've got to get some people that says, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll say yes to your word, yes to your will, and yes to your way. I'll be committed, I'll be faithful, I'll be driven, I'll be purposeful. You must quit and you must submit to the rock. And then you've got to make a commitment. And when you make a commitment to God, you have access into God's resources. I don't have nobody in here. When you make a commitment to God, you get access to God's resources. Quickly now, I don't have much time. I really wish I had a lot of time to preach like I was in Africa Because in Africa, they'll let me preach all night, but I know we can't do that here, especially in the economy of Canada, where everything is a million dollars. 
So let me rush now. Once you make that decision to get plugged in, to quit the, 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 the loose behavior concerning the things of God. Right? The worldly things that should have been cast off when you became born again. Don't bring that into God's house. Don't give the sacrifice of fools when you enter God's house. Keep your feet. Keep your feet in God's house. This is a place of God's glory. This is a place of God's anointing. This is a place of God's power and God's authority. We must keep our feet and not give the sacrifice of fools. You know exactly what that means. A fool is someone that does not acknowledge God. Don't you walk through these doors. I don't care if it's a doggone movie theater. I don't care if it's a shopping mall. I don't care what it is. This is the house of the Lord because we are gathered here in His name. We are called according to His purpose and where two or more are gathered he is there in the midst the spirit is here now when these things happen when you finally commit commit means that you wholeheartedly carry out the plan you wholeheartedly with everything that's in you you wholeheartedly go after it can you honestly say that I'm wholeheartedly going after the will of God for my life but yet we want to charge God we want to charge God and say, why is this happening? Why is it not happening for me? And he's saying, why are you not wholeheartedly being committed to my word and my purpose? So here he goes on. He tells us that Jacob committed. He committed himself. He vowed a vow when he arrived at the place where he finally embraced the rock and refused to reject the rock. And Jacob made a decision to stop running and to stop trying to hide from his unfaithfulness. In the book of Genesis, the third chapter, the scripture talks about when Adam and Eve fell in the garden. The scripture said that Adam and Eve, I believe it's Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8. Adam and Eve after the fall. The Bible said that after the fall, what happened was is the voice of the Lord came walking in the garden. Man was in such a communion and a place with God where man was meeting with God and communing and talking and fellowshipping and creating with God. Being a part of God's master plan as the architect of ages. But here, when sin came in, when the breaking of the commitment happened, when the breaking of the commitment happened, notice how the voice of God comes walking in the garden. Not angrily running, pastor, but the voice of God is walking. Yet he is showing us already that he is a restorative God, a loving God with open arms, walking the voice, walking in the garden. I know you have been unfaithful. I know you have broken my commandment. I know you have not been committed to my purpose. The scripture said that God commanded them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue, have dominion dress and to keep the garden God showed us his green thumb as he bends down and he creates man a home he creates Adam a garden and he gives him a responsibility and he says even though I'm giving you this paradise hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying even though I'm giving you this paradise I am entrusting you to be faithful and committed to developing it 
So he says, dress it, develop it, cultivate it. That's our responsibility. So Adam and Eve got off course and they refused and broke commitment. And God came, the voice of the Lord came walking in the garden, not angrily running. You need to get this in your spirit. God is not seeking to destroy you. God is not seeking to wipe you out. God is not seeking to kill you. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God is dividing asunder soul and spirit. And at this particular point, the word of God is compelling you to submit yourself unto God. Submit yourself. It's not just enough for you to come in and quit the behavior and accept Christ. It's not just enough for you to submit to God. And there's a lot of people, I believe, that go to churches and churches are compact to capacity and they are submitted. But the problem is they are not committed. You only start getting the fruit when you get committed. Because God did his part and now it's time for you to do your part. Notice how Jacob, I need to run quickly now. What's amazing with this scripture that I see again is that after you do your part, God is what the voice of the Lord is walking in the garden and he asks him a question. He says, where are you? Where are you as it pertains to the commitment Where are you as it pertains to your responsibility and our covenant that you are to till, to keep, to be fruitful, to multiply, to to increase, to make greater the world? We are placed in the middle of a problem. God puts us in paradise and surrounds us by a problem. And then he anoints us, appoints us, calls us and says, go into the world, preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, cast out devils in my name. He asked him, where are you as it pertains to building my house? Adam, God says, I built your house. Now it's time for you to build mine. I took my time and I built it and I blessed it. And I bless you in the house that I made and created and designed specifically for you. And now you need to build mine. We have been commissioned to build God's house. We have been commissioned to build a place where God's glory and God's power and God's anointing can come, rest, abide, habitat, right? We're creating a habitation and abode for God's power. And so we must have a welcoming spirit where we are creating and we are welcoming God into the house that we created for him. Jacob gets a vision after he submits himself, after he quits, after he submits, and after he commits to God, something divine happens. The Bible said, the first thing, i got to give you these five points because I have nine minutes and I'm rushing now. Is that all right, Pastor? Five things happen when you finally get to the place where you say, yes, God, I'm over and I'm going to let Christ that lives in me, the hope of glory, work through me, live through me, have your way through me so that I might be transparent. Do you know that we're not supposed to be seen anyway? Gold at its purest state is transparent. Right? And so he says that it's not supposed to be us that living. Paul said, I buffet this flesh. I mortify the deeds. I'm constantly trying to put off the old man and kill this flesh so that I'm not seen. But Christ that's in me, the hope of glory. 
Question is, is can people see glory when they look at you? Can they see glory when they hear your voice? Can they see the glory of God walking in and through your life when you show up to, your, to the job site? Can they see and feel God's glory and God's integrity and God's character when you show up? Huh. God help us. Help us be committed. And when we're committed, then God says, I'm going to come to the place where you are committed. Once you get there, I will arrive. And five things happened because of Jacob's experience with God. And because he received the rock, rather than rejecting the rock, he reveals the true model of God's house. Five things leads us to the true model of what God's house is supposed to look like. Of God's building, of God's church, what we're supposed to look like. And you can know if you're in the right place. Is this all right, Pastor? You can know if you're in the right place or not, if you're where God has called you to be, based off of these five things. I can tell you right now, I don't know any of you, but I can tell you right now if you are in the right place. Number one, the first thing that happened was when Jacob got to the place that God prepared for him, an open heaven came over his life. Huh. An open heaven came. The Bible said that the, the, the heavens opened up. And when you arrive to the place where God has called you, where you get to the place where you make a decision to get committed to God, the heavens will open up to you, which means you will have access to God and God will have access to you. Can you say that I have access to God when I pray? Can you say that I have access to God when you worship, when you kiss God with your worship, when you lift your hands and you glorify God? Can you say that I have access? Do you know that you are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus? So we have to get to the place where we have a divine understanding that I am not meant to stay where I have always been. But God has called me to be higher. But the only way to elevate is to go down first and humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. I guarantee and because I know this family here has went through some down time. But when you have a relation, once you've decided to quit, no matter what, we will serve Jesus. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't care who cuss me. I don't care who slap me. I don't care who talk about me. I don't care who doesn't recognize the gift that's working in me. I will submit and commit to God's will. And thus, the heaven opens up to this man. The heavens open and the scripture tells us that once the heaven opens, now he has access to God and God has access to him. The second thing that happens is you want to know if you're in the right church, you must have an open heaven that's happening over your life. You must feel when you get into that place that the heavens have opened up and I can he I can feel God's glory and God's anointing. The heavens open and you have access. The second thing is you experience the supernatural power of God. If you want to know if the place where you're at is actually a house of the Lord, there must be supernatural. There must be yoke-destroying anointings. There must be testimonies of God's faithfulness. There must be testimonies of God's healing. There must be testimonies of God's glory. Because the Spirit comes to confirm the Word. And if you're preaching the Word, the Holy Spirit will always come to confirm. 
So here we have to have the supernatural. The scripture says that he's seen the angels ascending and descending, ascending and descending. Do you see what's happening there? It starts here on earth. It starts here on earth. The supernatural starts here. Huh. Somebody didn't catch it in the spirit. He said, whatever you what, whatever you bind on will be bound in. Whatever you loose on will be loosed in. I feel like I'm rapping. He's trying to give us the system of how to get access, of how to break the bands of darkness, to break the bands of wickedness. We must understand how the kingdom works, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and the wickedness of this present world. But we first have to take our rightful place in dominionship and subdue. And get into the supernatural. So if you're in the house today and you can feel the supernatural power of God and supernatural miracles are happening in your life, that's an indication that you're in the house of God. There's so many houses with Ichabod written all over him because there's no glory, there's no power, there's no anointing, there's no authority. There's a whole lot of talking, a whole lot of hooping and hollering, but nobody's actually being changed. Nobody's actually being committed. There's no fruit that remains commitment. Fruit that remains. You must remain Stop uprooting yourself every five seconds because you don't like the song. Maybe God anointed you to get up on the platform and sing too. If you feel that they're not hitting the right harmonies, why don't you get off of your blessed assurance and get up here and hit the right key rather than complaining about everything? Help me. Help me, Holy Ghost. You don't like the way this looks, the way that looks. You've got a gift for graphic design. And all you've got to do is get up and do something. But all you want to do is complain and whine and murmur like the children of Israel. Come on now, stop that whining and murmuring. You experience miracle after miracle after miracle. And how easily do we forget? Hmm. Mighty to save. The supernatural happens. The third thing that happened quickly now is that they were able to see, Jacob was able to see God. The Bible said that the Lord stood. Imagine, he sees God standing up on his behalf. And so, if you want to know if you're in the house of the Lord, is God standing up on your behalf? Is the Spirit of the Lord raising up a standard against the enemy on your behalf? Can you see God? You need to ask yourself, do I see God in this? Do I see God in this place? Can I see God moving in this place? He was able to see God. Thank you, Lord. The fourth thing was, he was able to hear the voice of God. An indication to know if you're in the right place. If you're in the house of the Lord, is that you will be, you will have an open window of heaven over your life. The supernatural will begin to break out. You will be able to see God. And then fourthly, you'll be able to hear the voice of God. You have to be planted and committed in a place where you hear the voice of God. You can't get to a place that you can't, when you can't hear God's voice, you need to run out of that place. 
You need to run out of that place. You need to be hearing fresh rhema words from God that challenges you. Searching for a word that challenges you. That says, am I really committed the way I need to be committed to God's purpose? Or am I just hiding like Adam and Eve in the garden? Hiding behind the fig leaves because I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be called on. I don't want to be asked to show my faithfulness. So many of us are busy hiding as they come to the instruments now. So many of us are busy hiding behind these fig leaves. Hiding behind Facebook. Hiding behind Instagram or Twitter or all of these things. Busy hiding and refusing to submit, to quit, and to commit. So that we can have an open window of heaven over our life. A supernatural experience with God. We should be able to see God. We should be able to hear the voice of God. And lastly, the fifth thing is, is that Jacob was the anointing of God was present. The anointing of God was present. The Bible said that Jacob broke out the oil. He broke out the oil. The anointing was present. So if you want to know if you're in the house of God, you need to say, is the anointing here that breaks yokes? Is the anointing here that destroys the bands of wickedness? Is the Spirit of God upon the preacher and the preacher's wife that he may, and is he declaring the Word of God? Has he been anointed to preach the message? Or does he have a good system of delivering the message but no real spirit to go behind it? Come on, preacher from yesterday, serve city one day. Does he just have the system without the Spirit? Is he just going through the motions and he knows how to draw a crowd? But is there an anointing that destroys? We desperately need in this day and age the anointing that destroys yokes. All around the world, people are in desperate need of God's anointing. When Jacob experienced those five things, he said, Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. Literally, that means that the presence of the Lord was in this place. And I didn't expect it. And there's people in this building today that you didn't expect the presence of the Lord to be in this place. When you first came to Serve City, your expectation was so low. Here we go, another church, another church plant. Let's see what this is all about. Let's see if these people are really genuine. Let's see if these people really have a call on their life. And now that you have found that they do have a call and that there is an open window of heaven over this house, I'm just declaring it right now. There is an open window of heaven over this house. You have access to God. Stand on your feet now. You have access to God and God has access to you. The supernatural is already breaking out. The testimonies have come in. The fact that you are here now it already declares that the supernatural power of God is functioning in this house people can see God they can hear God and they can feel God in closing now we have to begin to start expecting we have to get a spirit of expectation that when I arrive into the house miracles will happen You see, miracles happen in miracle territory. Miracles don't just happen by happenstance. The atmosphere is set for God to move. Nobody's there to take glory from God. And miracles happen. 
When we get out of the way and we say, Holy Spirit, come in, have your way, have your way, let miracles happen. I'll say this quickly and I'll close. As Jacob was leaving and he said, surely the praise, the presence of the Lord was in this place and I didn't expect it. He set up the rock and he said, this will be God's house. He anointed that rock and he said, this will be God's house. God, if you stay committed to me, I'll stay committed to you. And when you're committed to me, I'll be committed to you. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful that the Father didn't run angrily and fiercely and strike me down when I was not committed. But as a good, good Father with open, outstretched hands, He's there waiting for the prodigal to come home. He's saying, here am I. I welcome you. But notice that once you get to that place, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 29, He says that, and Jacob went on his journey. So after you make that decision, after you know that you're in a place, the journey begins. It's just beginning for you all here. It's so exciting. This is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Only seven months and look at what God has already done. Come in. Commit yourself. Submit yourself. Quit what you're doing and get faithful to God's house. Plug in wherever you can plug in. Be found busy doing the Lord's work and watch the fruit that remains start to spring up in your life and the blessings come real quickly and I'm closing for the second time. I want to say this point. So Jacob goes on his journey and he realizes now not everything is peaches and roses. Pastor, you can come now. Not everything is peaches and roses once you make that decision. Not everything is all great and you do miracles so great. You're actually running around in the morning trying to find coffee to give people coffee. You're trying to create an atmosphere for God's glory. You're going to have challenges in this life. You will face tribulation. Church is not just in here. And let me just say that that's not just for this place. That's for that place. That's for this place. The same thing must be happening. He said, know ye not that you are the what? The temple of the Holy Spirit. Know ye not that you should have an open heaven over your life? You should experience the supernatural. You should see God. You should be hearing God. You should be feeling God's anointing. And while you're going on your journey, things will not always go your way. Jacob ran, and guess what? Jacob seen Rachel, and he wanted Rachel. Rachel was beautiful, and she was fair. And, and, and Jacob felt like he should have Rachel. And a lot of times we, like Jacob, feel like we should have Rachel. But instead, when we go on our journey, we end up getting Aaliyah. We end up getting Aaliyah, who the scripture says that she was tender-eyed. Which means she was ugly, y'all. Another translation said, listen to this now, this is powerful. The scripture said that in her eyes, there was no sparkle. So just because the sparkly, shiny things and you're not up here in the lights blinding you and it's not sparkly, the shiny thing that God promised you is not happening when you want it to happen. If you stay committed to God, He will stay committed to you. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and His righteousness and then all of these things will be added unto you. Commitment. Thank you so much. God bless you. I love you.